Horticulture, the art of cultivating plants for their numerous uses, is a $13.8 billion industry in the U.S. It's involved with numerous top issues that we hear about every day. Climate change, energy, water and waste management, sustainability, jobs, immigration, and beyond. I'm Robert Colangelo, and this is Green Sense, where we bring you eco-innovations and review important environmental issues like sustainable horticulture. We're joined by Mary Beth Gordon, Vice President of Marketing and Member Engagement for American Hort, which works to grow a strong and vibrant horticultural industry and engage others in the power of plants. Mary Beth, welcome to GreenSense. Well, thank you, Robert. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Well, I want to hear all about the power of plants. Uh, <laughs> that's a nice, uh, catchy uh, uh, tagline. Where did that come from? Well, um, you know, at American Hort, we pride ourselves on serving the green industry. So that's everything from greenhouse growers to nursery growers to garden retail centers, interior plant skate companies, and then all of the various um, inputs and suppliers that support those segments of the industry. So as you can see, that's a lot of business and certainly a lot of plants. So um, plants have a lot of benefits. Um, and, and we're really proud to serve the industry. Well, most people don't understand the breadth of horticulture, but as you said, it spans many subsectors from plants to fruits and vegetables, to home gardeners, to the professional grower. And uh, that's what we wanna dig into today. And one of your uh, flagship events is Cultivate. It's an annual trade show and conference that brings together exhibitors and mainly it's product manufacturers and service providers. Uh, gardeners, growers, academics, uh, anyone I missed? Anyone else that attends that? You covered it pretty well, um, Robert. We are um, very proud of Cultivate, which, as you said, is our flagship event. Uh, it's the largest all-industry event for the horticulture industry. We typically have anywhere from 600 to almost 700 different exhibitors, um, we ha host the event every year in Columbus, Ohio at the Greater Columbus Convention Center. And not only do we have the trade show, but we're recognized for the, for, for the top rate, high quality educational programming. Um, we're typically will have 150 or more education sessions um, that anyone who um, registers for an all access education pass can attend any of those sessions. And then the Saturday before the trade show starts, we have a variety of industry production tours and workshops, um, again, to help people learn the best practices of our industry and further their own professional development. Well, let's talk about Cultivate uh, at first. Uh, uh, when was the first conference held? Well, the first conference was held uh, decades ago. In fact, in 2019, we, um, celebrated our 90th anniversary of Cultivate. It originally was called Short Course, um, and it was managed by the Ohio Florist Association. And American Hort is actually a newer entity that was um, came into being in 2016 through the merger of the Ohio Florist Association and the American Nursery and Landscape Association. So at that time, the event changed names to Cultivate, but it's really the, very much uh, the same event and it's only been able to you know, grow and be stronger and have an even bigger impact on the industry. Why Columbus, Ohio? 
That's a good question. I, I think it goes back to the roots of the short course um, and the Ohio Floral Association that started that program 90 some years ago. Um, American Hort is headquartered here in Columbus, Ohio, and we have a great partnership with the Greater Columbus Convention Center and our other business vendors that help us put on the show. And it's it's just a you know great sized venue. Um, it accommodates the thousands of people who attend Cultivate. Um, and we have, you know, all the services we need to be able to put on a, a top-notch trade show like Cultivate here in Columbus. Well, I attended uh, the 2019 show, and that was pre-COVID. And if I've got my numbers right, uh, uh, and if they're not right, please let me know. I think there was somewhere between 10 to 14,000 attendees from over 70 countries with 700 exhibits. And uh, at that time, I guess it ran for 90 consecutive years. And then COVID hit. And there was a gap. Things were postponed. Anything right. else to add to that? No, I think your numbers are, are in, in good shape there, Robert. Um, we, you're right. Last year, like so many different events and different programs, we had to take a pause in terms of meeting face-to-face. -face, but our team worked really hard to transition to a virtual program. So we had Cultivate 20 virtual, uh, the same dates that we would have met in person had we been able to. And we made it free to the industry to attend the trade show. So we had a 3D virtual trade show. And then we had a variety of educational programs, daily keynote addresses. We had uh, morning coffee chat hours to provide that connection for members of the industry. Um, we also had social, virtual social events in the evening because one of the biggest benefits of an event like the Cultivate Conference is bringing people together, networking and connecting with people you know and do business with currently, as well as making those new business connections. Well, I attended this year and 2021 was the first major in-person horticultural conference in almost two years and people were elated to see each other and get out. Although attendance was low, not to your fault, but I think a lot of that was is there, I didn't see the international participation that you saw in other years, mainly just because of COVID restrictions. And uh, the exhibit hall was down a little bit, but, I, but there was a positiveness in the air just because we were all able to get out and see each other. What were your thoughts from the show? Well, I, I um, have to say our staff worked so incredibly hard to bring a great experience to everyone. And the feedback we've received has been overwhelmingly positive. I agree with you. There was a lot of excitement at being back in person, um, seeing people face to face. It was the first um, trade event, like you mentioned, in our industry. It was also the first in Columbus, Ohio, and we believe in the state of Ohio um, to get back to an in-person meeting. And you know, the programming was excellent. The educational programming was as good, if not better than ever. Um, we also had a hemp conference in the first two days before Cultivate started to put a little focus on, on that market. We had our first uh, women in horticulture luncheon program during Cultivate. Our tours and workshops were heavily attended, several of them being sold out and we are very pleased with the numbers. They certainly surpassed our expectations. Well, I want to give you kudos. You guys do a wonderful job. It's really a high quality event. There's a lot going on. As you said, some of the offsite exhibits, the on-site learning. I, I especially like the 3D head in the convention center where you can put your uh, photograph on it. 
So it's a, it's a, it's a great event. But I'll share with you some of the things I heard at the uh, conference, just talking to exhibitors and people there. One, uh, I think a big issue is kinks in the supply chain, how rising shipping prices and delays in getting shipments was really impacting people's big business. The next issue I heard over and over again was worker shortage, how hard labor has hit the market. And then lastly, rising input prices, you know, uh, from substrate to seeds to everything is starting to rise mainly because of those kinks and uh, raising in the uh, shipping prices. So let's hit some of those and get your input on those. Let's start first with jobs. Uh, uh, Your organization recently uh, commended the U.S. House for passing the agricultural workforce bill. Why is this issue important? How does the bill help the labor situation? Well, sure. Well, Robert, you've definitely hit on three challenges that our industry faces and, and not just our industry, other industries as well. And probably the number one industry issue we work on and our advocacy team is focused on is workforce development. It's such a challenge for our member companies and it has been for decades. This isn't really sadly a new phenomenon, um, but there's simply more jobs to fill than people to fill them. And so all of our member companies have challenges in finding enough labor and skilled workers to the point that it's often impeding business expansion in some cases. And so the Farm Workforce Modernization Act that you referred to is was really important. It was a positive step forward, yet there's still much work to do, I'd say. Um, but, but this act was historic because it was the first movement on the issue that has been made in a long time. In fact, since 1986, that was the last time some legislation was um, passed. So the act addresses the the current workforce needs. It makes some modifications to the workflow and the H-2A program, which is one of the immigrant labor programs. It also talks about enforcement of immigrant labor and the E-Verify programs. And I think one of the things um, American Hort is proud about is that more than 200 agricultural related organizations supported this bill and came together to fight for its passage. And it's, it's important that that happened. Um, it's, you know, it's some steps of progress, but like I said, there's still a lot of work to do. What about kinks in the supply chain? W- what can your organization do about that? Is that short term? Is that long reaching? And, you know, it just seems like uh, it's water sloshing in a bucket. One day prices are high and there's a shortage. Next day there's oversupply. <laughs> Sure. Um, Well, yeah, I wish I had my crystal ball to say if it was a a long-term issue, and and hopefully it is not. Hopefully it's something that will resolve itself here uh, not too long. But, you know, I think supply chains, regardless of industry right now, are really challenged, and certainly the horticulture industry is facing that too. Um, You know, something that we do as an association is educate our members on best practices and help um, them learn things that can help maybe um, make their business operations more efficient and, and hopefully uh, if, if it's an input that they're not able to find some efficiency enhancements can help overcome those challenges. So between that and also conduct, connecting people to one another, um, finding new suppliers, just making those business connections to help work through whatever that challenge may be, you know, that's what American Hort is here to do. Yeah, I agree on that last one is just being able to network. I talked to one vendor who found a way to get stuff from Europe to the U.S. through uh, uh, the uh, Lake Erie uh, port there. 
sure. uh, they could sh shave off a, a week, which is great. And uh, again, I think that networking and that face-to-face -face is invaluable. Absolutely. Um, I didn't bring this up earlier, but it's on everybody's mind. It's climate change. Is that uh, you know we've got droughts out west, we've got flooding in uh, uh, Germany, Belgium, and China. Uh, where does sustainability and climate change fit in in your agenda? Well, certainly a topic. Um, it's something we're talking about, like everybody is more and more. Um, and it's becoming a bigger and bigger focus. Um, and again, like I said, we work with companies to help them understand where they may be able to make improvements, and also, you know, just a, a friendlier, sustainable business practice and climate. You know, our industry produces trees, shrubs, and plants. So we're obviously a huge part of the environmental solution. And we're seeing an increased interest in controlled environment production and the conservation of energy. Um, so we see innovations in manufacturing, um, in you know, how water is used, how lighting is used, um, how fertilizers and other nutrients are applied um, in order to be more sustainable and earth friendly. And it's just something we need to continue to be mindful of and talk about and find ways to collaborate with one another to make improvements. Well, another area you mentioned was uh, hemp production. Uh, the Farm Bill of 2018 made that federally legal. Um, what the government gave, they took away with layered regulations and oversupply, and there was drastic price erosion in the hemp market. The hemp market's broken into three areas. It's grain, uh, fiber, and CBD. The grain and fiber markets seem to be growing quite strong and uh, uh, taking off, but the CBD market is really hit by oversupply and price erosion. Mm -hmm. Any uh, summary you can give us on the hemp market and the event that took place? Well, I, I think you captured a, a lot of the challenges in, in your remarks there. The marketplace is certainly shifting and there's been a lot of crop volatility. I guess the one thing I'll add and where I think American Hort has put some focus in, in trying to have an impact is on the regulatory side. Um, as you probably know, hemp regulations are being written at the state level. And so not all state departments of agriculture are writing the same regulations. And that makes a big challenge for growers that are, are doing commerce across state lines. So um, we're, we're working with growers and states to help understand those regulations and you know, um, you know, one day hopefully we'll have more of a federal approach to that. Um, so in closing, I just wanted to cover uh, the September Impact Washington, a two-day summit where green industry business owners and leaders can take action in Washington, D.C. What do you hope to accomplish at that event? Well, we are really excited to host uh, Impact Washington Summit again this fall. It's a really important event for our industry and our advocacy team does a great job planning it. We want to accomplish a couple of things. First is to inform and educate our membership on important issues and subjects um, that they need to be mindful of that impact our, our industry. Um, we're excited to have uh, former Senator, retired Senator Bob Worsley of Arizona, uh, who's an entrepreneur and an innovator and author. He will be delivering a keynote speech at the program, um, remarks about the challenges of the current political divide and how it affects efforts on comprehensive immigration reform, which is a really important uh, topic for our industry. 
We also um, want to accomplish the facilitation of face-to-face -face meetings with lawmakers. Hopefully they will be face-to-face -face, um, because these meetings are really important to foster the relationships um, and share information, understand what the challenges are for our growers and our members and understand how, what lawmakers are seeing and thinking so that our advocacy team can be working on the relevant issues and um, you know, just making sure the right things are coming to decision makers' attention. So those are the two key components, the education and, and the face-to-face -face meetings. And we will be talking about workforce development, key tax issues, transportation, and funding of research for the, for the industry. Mary Beth, I really enjoyed talking to you and please uh, give my regards to your staff. Uh, they did a great job and just getting the show off was a huge accomplishment and getting it off at a high level of quality and uh, acceptance by the industry uh, was just uh, icing on the top of the cake. Well, thanks, Robert. I will definitely pass it along because it was very much a team effort. Appreciate it. That's Mary Beth Guardin, Vice President of Marketing and Member Engagement for American Hort. This is Robert Colangelo, and you're listening to GreenSense. Subscribe to our podcast at greensensefarms.com. And check out the GreenSense Minute every Thursday and Saturday on News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM, WBBM Chicago.